Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Church as a Scary Place. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so I brought this one up again. Yeah. I've heard a couple of times both you mention it and other people that I know who identify either as atheist or something, but not happy with religion. I'll put it that way. And they talk about the building itself as being a place that is intimidating and scary and a place that they really have no need to step foot into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which luckily it just hasn't been my experience. To that end, I wanted to talk about what do you do? How do you talk to these people who find the very building that you tend to work in scary? Yeah. And I think that it's interesting that some folks, it's a really foreign concept that what, a, church, a church that a church would be scary. Mm, yeah. Right. I think it was a couple months ago, someone said, why do you say thank you for daring to come in and join us this week? Because whenever we have visitors, I often say thank you for daring to come and join us today. Sure. Because I remember what it was like the first time I personally volunteered of my own volition to step into a church. Yeah. And it was scary. It was absolutely scary. It was all the things of, will I be accepted? Will I mess it up? Is everybody going to just be staring at me to judge me? All the things that I had associated with Christianity on the negative side Uh were just stacked up against normal social anxiety about walking into a new space. Sure. And so to walk in, I remember Danville, Pennsylvania, right after I had been reading the catechism book Mm -hmm. and my chaplain on campus had said, you have to join a congregation. You have to. You have to. Okay. We can baptize you, but campus ministries are not their own congregation. Oh. And so to be... I never thought about that. To be a member, you have to be baptized into a congregation. And so you have to join a congregation, were his words. And so over Thanksgiving break in 1997... Did you go eeny, meeny, miny, moe in the phone book? I have no idea what led me to Pine Street Lutheran in Danville, Pennsylvania. Okay. I have no idea, God. But I remember very clearly showing up there that day. And looking back, there's a ton of churches in Danville. It's a typical Pennsylvania town. Mm -hmm. It's a town of less than 5,000 still today. And I think there might be 30 churches Mm -hmm. or more. Oh, my tiny little small town has quite a few. Yeah, like one on every corner, mm-hmm. maybe two on the same block. <laughs> there's bank corner and there's the church corner. Right. But I ended up at Pine Street and I very viscerally remember walking in. It was the first Sunday of Advent. Okay. And I walked in and I had no idea where to go. And I had to find which door to even enter. Sure. Churches have a lot of doors. We've Churches established this. Churches have a this. lot of doors, and they're confusing. And this was one that has, like, the split level. So you come in on one level, and there's stairs down to the church basement, and the stairs up to the chancel area. Sure. And so you come in, and you're just faced with stairs. It's not like an open lobby mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just stairs in front of you. And I remember walking up and cresting the corner and being handed a bulletin And by God's grace, there was someone there that I knew. 
Oh, wow. And who kind of welcomed me. But those first steps of walking up those stairs and looking into the room from the back were absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. And I think we forget about what it feels like to take these risks, what it feels like to be 19 and curious about God, or to be 26 and wondering, is there a place for me in a community? Mm -hmm. Or to be 45 and coming back after some really crappy things in life and saying, I need a place where something bigger than me is present. And the damage that the church has done so much over the years, the damage of Western Christianity, North American Christianity has caused, absolutely creates this as a scary insider kind of a place. Mm -hmm. So your question was, how do I talk to folks and how am I present with folks who find church as a building a frightening place? Maybe if we put this in another context, it'll make a little more sense for folks who've never experienced the fear of walking in a church. Okay. For me, it can be scary to walk into a gym for the first time. Oh, I hate going to the gym. Right? The first time walking into an LA fitness or... This is a terrible example. Well, actually, it's probably a very good example because I refuse (laughs) to go into places like that because I don't like to exercise in public (laughs) like that. (laughs) Exactly. But if I was going to do it, the only times I have done it is if I'm going with a friend. Yeah. Signed up for a class together. There you go. Mm-hmm. Church is not a membership country club kind of a thing. I don't want to put that onto it. But for folks who have not been members of a congregation or participated, it can absolutely feel like a membership country club kind of place. Sure. And the insiders and outsiders are real obvious. And so... Any time that you have come up against that, like, I don't belong in that space. I shouldn't go in there. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing that a lot of people in our country feel around church buildings now. Mm -hmm. So then the same kind of techniques and understandings work when you're trying to share something you love. So if I'm a huge, I love roller derby and I love the community and I think it's awesome and they're a fabulous group of people and I really want people who would be really intimidated to walk into a space where people are dressed differently and talk differently and have seemingly different values than them. I would do the same kind of thing that I do with folks when I'm talking to them about stepping into a church building. I talk about who I see them to be are common with the other people within the space. Okay. I talk about how the values that I know that they have match the values of the people who are already present. I will flat out talk to them about what to wear and where the entrance is. (laughs) (laughs) How to get in matters. How to get in physically into the Mm -hmm. facility matters. I'll talk about be smart, bring a water bottle with you. You're going to need that Mm -hmm. if you choose to skate or if not, because it's going to be hot or If you have a couple of dollars cash and that would make you feel more comfortable to have available so you don't feel put on the spot all of a sudden during the offering, then bring a couple dollars cash. You know what? I'll pay you back. I'll take you to tea. Uh But whatever it is that you need to feel safe and okay, sharing that information out ahead of time is really helpful. I've gone to the point of like printing out a Sunday bulletin and meeting folks And walking through the Sunday bulletin ahead of the service. Wow, that's major prep work. So that they know 
what they can expect when they walk into the facility and like a little diagram of here's where the bathrooms are and all that stuff to help folks know that they're going to be okay. And that stuff really, really matters Mm -hmm. because church buildings are real scary, Mm -hmm. real scary. Now, for the people out there whose issues with the church are deeper Mm-hmm. and are whose traumas with the church and experiences are yes mm-hmm. those yep that situation is it worth trying to change their mind and see if you can i don't know is it evangelism is it outreach what would you call it and is it worth it or is it just going to traumatize them further hmm. it is 100% reliant upon your relationship Okay. And I will say that if there is someone that you know who has church trauma and you are not specifically trained to deal with that, uh huh, that unless they bring it up with you and talk with you about it, yeah, leave it be. Okay. Just keep being yourself. Talk about your church. Talk about what you do. Talk about the things you're proud of. Just live your faith and let it be. Mm -hmm. Your objective is never to save someone for Christianity. Jesus did that. Sure. (laughs) A couple thousand years ago. You check that off your box. It's already done. Check it off. It's already done. You don't have to worry about that. That is a theology that came to North America alongside of the colonizers and is unhelpful and is detrimental and is abusive. Okay. And so don't worry about saving someone's soul. Simply be yourself in your faith. If you have an event that you really love that person and you want them to come with you because it means a lot, then invite them because you love them. Don't invite them because you think that they should have some church in their life. Okay. Right? Don't look at someone who has a terrifying, traumatic history with Christianity and expect that you are responsible for solving, fixing, or making that better. Your call in that is simply to be a presence of another kind of Christianity. Okay. So if someone has contacted you and said, I saw the pictures from your Christmas candlelight service and I was wondering about what that would be like, then by all means, talk to them and say, yeah, we have two services. One of them gets a whole bunch of people and one is a little more intimate. If you're interested, I would love to be present when you show up. Would you be interested in coming along with me? Like, that's a way to invite folks. So sharing about your faith just organically, just being it, is what evangelism really is, right? And being open to having people talk to you about, well, I really hate walking into church buildings because I feel like I'm constantly judged, or... The ghost of my great-grandmother past telling me how I was going to roast in hell comes back when I get near a church building. Mm -hmm. And that's really real. I'm not being Mm -hmm. hyperbolic about this. I really mean that. And so your response to that, my encouragement would be, well, that sounds really hard. Are you willing to tell me more about that? Right? Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with like, well, but my church isn't like that. <laughs> my building's different. Hashtag not all churches, right? No, mm-hmm. don't go there. Not with someone you love, not with a friend. And if it's not someone that you love, if it's not a friend of yours, then leave it alone. Okay. Unless you have built the relationship with someone to talk about intimate, emotional, hard stuff, stay out of it. Sure. Now, there are many instances where you are doing your job Mm -hmm. and you are not in the building itself. Absolutely. 
And in those instances, I'm curious, the people who don't necessarily go to church regularly Mm -hmm. will come up to you. I mean, I'm talking things like when you do the ashes in the park, Mm -hmm. you've done communion in the park Mm -hmm. and other things like that. What has been your experience there? Oh, Oh, and also pride. Yeah. And in those situations, I'm oftentimes wearing my collar. Okay, so you're identifiable. A symbol of the church for those who recognize the symbol. I think one of the most hilarious responses to me and my collar in public was in my first years of ministry. So I was in my Mm mid-20s, and I flew up to Portland for a friend's ordination service. And I left Sunday right after church, and then I came up, and the ordination was that afternoon. So I just left my collar on for the flight. It's the only time Uh I have ever flown in my collar And as I was picking up my rental car, the person was like, what's that plastic thing on your neck? (laughs) First year, first call, young little me was like, "Ah, how dare. But now I'm like, oh, that's so Portland. Yeah, it is. I love it. Um, It really depends on context. I mean, the same way that I talk about unless you love this person Mm -hmm. and you're in relationship with them, leave it be. When I am serving at the Sacred Space booth at Pride, we have been there for five, six years. People know that I love them. Okay. They come back year after year for blessings and to follow up and tell me how their year has been. They come back both days to check in at the booth. I see them as often as my Christmas Easter only folk. Nice. I I see them twice in the year. They take communion. They accept a prayer and a blessing, right? So these folks come back for continued relationship because they know that I'm present and they know that I'm there. And I think partly, especially for pride, you're not actually in a building. Right. Not in a building, right? But they know that I love them. Yeah. And so they approach that symbol and they approach me with welcome and okay. Now, folks who haven't seen us before, folks who don't know us and we're in their space, there's absolutely trepidation. Sure. We have not yet faced outright hostility because I think the way in which we present it We try to assuage, like we're not asking anything of anyone. We're just being present. And if you need a bottle of water, we've got one for you. Okay. That kind of way of being in this space, I think, really helps. You haven't had anybody who's just outright mad at you for being there? No, we haven't. Now, on the other side, Ashes in the Park, I didn't do this year. And this is to do Ash Wednesday blessings Mm -hmm. in Holiday Park. I didn't go this year. The year before, our attendance of our own members was down really low. Okay. And I even spent some time by myself in the park offering the ashes. And I was in full blacks with my white collar. So real symbolic. Yep. Really Highly visible. Highly visible. And there was an individual who would never have seen me before. And I didn't have ashes on my forehead because there was no one to do them for me. Okay. And even then may not have ever known what that symbol would have even meant. And their hurt and their trauma was so great. They absolutely threw a lot of that hurt at me. Mm. And that's okay, right? That's what the symbol is for, and I can take that. But I didn't have the heart space to take that this last year. Sure. All I can do is continue to pray for that person in the sense of knowing that God is with them and that it's not my responsibility because I don't know them. Sure. 
and they don't know me, and we haven't developed a relationship of love and friendship. That's for something in somewhere else. So it's not my responsibility. So it varies, right? Mm -hmm. Being in public outside of the church walls as a living symbol varies from place to place depending upon what I'm doing, where I'm at, how people are going to respond and accept and anticipate my intentions really has to do with how they anticipate the intentions of the church Mm -hmm. within that given space. It's interesting. So you've said before that the church is a body of people, not a thing. Yes, exactly. Um, Church is not a building. It is the people within it doing God's work. To that end, how do you look for ways or do you look for ways to get outside of the church itself? Absolutely. So we talked about these couple of different things that are actually like churchy things to do. Okay. Like Ash Wednesday in the park or we're going to have a worship service in the park. Those kinds of things are clearly churchy things that look like taking what we do inside the building outside of the building. Okay. But there's... You're really just down to location at that point. Right, exactly. But there's lots of other ways to take your own faith and live it out in the world. And I would say that that's the most important part of all. Okay. And it's not about evangelism. It's not about converting anybody. It's about actually doing the mission and the work of God. It's actually about being healing in the world. People find church buildings frightening and scary because they have been the epicenters of places where trauma and harm have happened to them. Mm -hmm. So if that is the case, then our call, if we truly follow Jesus, is to get out of the walls, go where that harm has happened, and be agents of healing within it. Not by saying, well, no, you're wrong about Jesus, but by being a Jesus presence, by being about healing and asking questions and listening and being compassionate and offering actual healing touch where we can. That's the point of it. Uh huh. That's the whole call of it. And if it changes someone's mind about the church building and how frightening it is or it isn't, fine. But that should never be our goal. Our goal should always be about helping the healing happen that needs to happen. Sure. If they ever know that it has anything to do with Jesus as to why you've done it, great. If they don't, you know what? God, doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. So I talk a lot about this stuff in my dissertation. This is the heartbeat of this conversation is the heartbeat of my dissertation. So if people are curious or want to learn more about what I actually think and how I think we can do this kind of work, not in order to gain new members. That is the most offensive. Not butts and pews, huh? It's not. I think butts and bucks is one way to say it, Mm -hmm. but nickels and noses is how I say it politely in the dissertation. (laughs) Okay. Right? Jesus was never about butts and bucks. He was never about that. He was always about the healing of our world. He was always about making things better for everyone. And that has nothing to do with making sure that our attendance numbers are high or that our budgets end in the black of the year. It was always about making spaces where people could encounter God and not be frightened. And so if you are more curious about that and what I'm talking about, I have unlocked the curriculum. It's not behind a paywall. You don't have to pay anything to get access to it. And you could just go to takemywheels.org, click on the God Within curriculum, and go to town. Excellent. Um, I'd be happy to talk with anyone about this. It's all there. It's a full curriculum available for individual or small group or large group study. But I think that my heartbeat and the reason why this topic calls to me is because I remember what it was like for church to be scary. Sure. I totally do. And I know 
the hope and the gift that faith is in my own life and whether or not other people come to find this to be a helpful thing for them, at least healing might be something that can be found. So for what it's worth, it's out there. Folks are welcome to it. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Do you prefer being a pastor in this building or outside of it? Such a good question. I, I'm a both and. I love leading liturgy. I love it. I love it. And many, many weeks I hate preaching, but I love the liturgy and I love being present in this sanctuary and I love the glass windows and I love getting to create a space where people feel safe and get to come and rest and be present. I love that. I Mm -hmm. love having a place. I love giving Jesus an address. It matters to me. And I think there are very few hours of my life where I am not out living my faith in practice in the world. And the relationships that I get from that and the ways that I get to see God all over the place in that, and I get to be amazed by the incredible beauty of our world, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And so it's a both and for me. I know it's a really Lutheran answer. It's so <laughs> Lutheran. It's both and. I like being. It's very a, Pastor Amanda. Right. It's very Pastor Amanda and it's very Lutheran. But I'm torn, right? Like I'm in the midst of that wrestle because as we have wrestled this last year at Central about whether to be in the building or not, mm-hmm. whether to keep this facility, I am 100% aware that I am biased because I love this facility. Sure because I love what it offers to our community. So I recognize I am just as much a part of that, but we can't leave the building Uh camp as any historic stalwarts. I'll just be honest and own that. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Church is a Scary Place. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for joining us. If you have questions or start to work on that curriculum, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me on Facebook. You can email us at podcast at centralportland.org. We're around, we're available, and we would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.